Guys, I have Elder Nathan Mayer here, and we are uh, continuing to talk about community, uh, the church value uh, from our core values uh, that launched in 2023. And uh, our value for community says this, we want our church body to represent the same diversity in age, cultures, and perspectives as our city, but love each other even in our differences so genuinely that it is inexplicable apart from the power of Christ. Nathan, there was a little bit of a um, you know conversation and dialogue around the wording of this. You know, when we first talked about it, because there was this idea that you know we don't want worldly perspectives, so we don't want to represent every perspective, right. right? And so, in the longer form of this, I think we we even talked about like, well, uh, not not ungodly perspectives, right. um, but even inside the spectrum of faith, there are a lot of opinions, and and there's so much diversity in perspective and. Um, you know, how do you feel about that? How have you witnessed that in the evangelical world? I think as a microcosm of that, um, even in our elder room, we have a lot of diversity of opinions. Um, I'm young and many people in the elder room are, are older. Actually, I'm the, I'm the youngest elder. Everyone else is older than me. <laughs> and um, I came from a secular, liberal background. And while I don't agree with most of those positions today— I think there are some things that I still have kind of like wacky liberal ideas around. <laughs> and so um, there is a uh, a real sense in which even in our elder room, there's healthy disagreement about how to best glorify God with the time we have here on earth. Healthy disagreement about how to best reach our community with the gospel. Right. Healthy disagreement about how to best steward and shepherd mm. our congregation. Mm. And I think um, in the right context, that diversity of opinions actually makes us stronger because Mm -hmm. the other elders reveal my blind spots and Mm -hmm. I reveal the other elders' blind spots. And you can apply that same um, perspective to our church at large or to evangelicalism or the, the church at large, where when we recognize our differences, recognize that most of those differences are not critical. They're not, they're not a compromise of the gospel, but a, a difference in interpretation or um, application of the scriptures. But we all love the scriptures. We all love the gospel. Mm. And we can find unity around the core things. The, the differences in perspective, in age, in cultures, help us to be stronger together. And ultimately, will prepare us to all stand around the throne of Jesus, worshiping in every tongue, tribe, and language, the throne mm. of the Lamb. There was, um, you know, because we've been working through uh, the last probably four, three and a half to four years of a lot of political divisiveness in our country, yeah. culturally, and uh, and that's impacted almost every church. I can't imagine a church where there hasn't been at least some impact to that. And I thought it was very interesting, you know, we're in this era, and, and certainly it's not the only era, but we're in this era where, or coming out of this era where to be a Christian, it was assumed you were a Republican. Yeah. Um, you know, in the Bible Belt of uh, the world of America, and particularly the Bible Belt here of California, it's like they're almost synonymous in some yeah. places in churches and circles. And so I, you, I think you had relayed a story or a statement um, from uh, someone that's dear to you that was not a Republican. And they essentially said, This is, the, I finally actually feel safe. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not physically. This, safe, yeah, this but. person 
didn't feel like they actually felt like their church community would be actively and openly hostile to them mm. if they were to share their their beliefs or views. Mm. And um, not, well, there, there not, is a sense in which like, I, I disagree with this individual <laughs> about some of their positions yeah, in serious yeah, yeah. ways, right? right? But being able to take those discussions out into the open yes. instead of feeling like yes. we're going to um, attack or bite <laughs> at one another because of a position that we hold, um, being able to bring those discussions out into the open is, is healthy because that's what family Well, it, it is healthy. And it's also, I think, the only healthy way to find where maybe some of those perspectives are not correct or right. unbiblical. Um, and you, if it's not a safe environment to talk, you can't even get to the parts that are unbiblical because it's not safe. So right. I just won't share. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's almost, it's so interesting to me that we hold on to so many extra biblical cultural items in churches and and we make them really important. And I just think sometimes, I don't know if God is shaking his head or if he's laughing, but I, you know, I I wonder sometimes if he's like, oh, these guys again, you know, like, okay. Uh, I am sold. I mean, just sold all the way down the river on this idea that if I have to put all of my investment into one method for growing you and growing the church, that it is in a very small, very intimate group of people. Maybe they don't start that way, but they get so close that they know, I mean, they know everything right. that's going on in your life. And, or, or as, I mean, hopefully as close to everything as possible that, that if I asked you, you know, could you share the worst thing that you've ever done or thought to the, this little group of people, you'd go, I already have. <laughs> That's right. Right? Yeah. Like, I already have. Like, you don't have to ask that. Like, we're that close. We're, people think we're family. Now, in our, in the context of our group, you know, we call that like small groups, but mm-hmm. but sometimes it's other, these mentorship groups, it's right. supercharged, it's, uh, you know, there, there are other aspects, but I'm, I'm sold that that is the most effective model for your transformation as a believer in Jesus Christ. And knowing what I know about you and house churches, I think you are too. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Tell me about community and how you do that in your life. Yeah. So my wife and I lead three groups or sorry, two groups altogether and we participate in another group. So we're a part of a group with a bunch of young couples that we really uh, enjoy and are seeking to practically love in, in some dramatic ways. And we also, I lead a men's group on Friday mornings and my wife leads a mom's group on Tuesday mornings. And so in those communities, we've found, first of all, we're a really lonely culture, a very isolated culture. Um, and so just the beauty of getting to be involved in one another's lives and mm. and just like make friends yeah. and and have people around who right. care about me is so nice. Yeah. But more than that, when we regularly engage with these same people and are regularly honest with these same people about where we see God working in our life, what we're struggling mm. with, where we're um, trying to grow, what we want people to hold us accountable to, mm. man, it, it supercharges my personal walk because um having to take the the thoughts that I have in my head and the desires I have in my heart and lay them out to somebody else and have them help me evaluate it and submit them to God and 
um, decide on the best way to apply them. Super helpful, like yeah, yeah, yeah. insanely useful for my personal growth, my walk with the Lord and keeping me from all of the wonderful sounding, but really stupid ideas that I have <laughs> keeping me from living those out. Like I regularly appreciate my Friday morning men's group for that purpose, but it also helps me to grow other people because um, when we get a group of people together, I have gifts that were meant to build those other people up and they have gifts that were meant to build me up. Right. And using those gifts is a part of how we grow in our faith and having other people encourage us through their use mm-hmm, of their mm-hmm. gifts is part of how we grow in the faith. So if we're not getting together, if we're not practically working out how to love one another, then probably like 80% of the commands in the Bible are about how we relate to one another as the church. If we're not getting deep with one another and engaging with one another in meaningful ways, then we have no opportunity to live right. out those 80% no, commands I, I, I agree. And, and, and it's one of my, so I have so much angst around the, the, this digital model of online church and stuff is, uh, it, let me give you, I, I have benefited, um, tremendously in the past couple of years from your friendship. So yeah. we spent a year in a mentorship group together, right? A lot of early mornings with a copious amount of coffee consumed, yes. uh, over the Bible and and then uh, even since then, other times where we got to sit together and just spend time together. And so, like, I just first of all, you should know that's that's honorable, right? I've I've been greatly encouraged and impacted by your Me friendship. As well. Yeah, I loved it. Um, that is honorable. That's worthy of honor. You deserve honor for that. And um, but I can't imagine not having that and not having been able to benefit from your friendship because I was particip- I thought I was participating with church online, you know. Yeah. And I missed all of that. And I'm like, no, guys, like, it's the best part. Yeah. It was the best part. I think we can all look at books we've read or courses we've taken and and see how that has helped us to grow in the Lord. But you can also very clearly see that if you were a monk living in the wilderness and just reading a lot of books and what, maybe you have great internet access at your uh, <laughs> right. monastery or whatever, but you're not actually engaging with other people, you're never going to accomplish anything for the Lord, right? right? And so... Um, we were meant to live out this Christian life with other people yes. in close context, yes. in messy ways, and often uh, in in painful, uncomfortable relationships with people who are very different from us. And uh, it's through those regular relationships, through those daily interactions, that God is going to soften me and shape yes. me and, and sand off the rough edges so that I can be more like Jesus who— loved people who hated him and mm-hmm. was patient with people who are really stupid and uh, um, mold me into his image. I didn't think we were going to get to cyber monks in this session, but here we are. Dude, I, I, I guarantee that there are some Christians who that is their- Cyber monks. Yeah, they're basically just still living out of their house, not engaging with other believers, but are m- might know more than I do about the Bible, might know more than I do about the faith, but just aren't leveraging their opportunities I'm gonna to live that I'm going to coin out. this phrase, stop making your home a cyber monastery. There you go. going to use yeah, that. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate your time.